But as you know, this is the second Sunday of Advent. And that means that we are entering into, we missed one Sunday. Last Sunday was the fisherman service, and it was the first Sunday. And it was the Sunday of hope. And hope is something, there's an old saying, you know, hope springs eternal or hope springs new. And it's looking at the idea that out of hope, new things are to come and joy is arisen. This Sunday is the Sunday of faith. And I wanted to read to you just a small section of the story of Simeon. And this is found in Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 25. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and eager, eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him, and he revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace. As you have promised, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is the light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. As we enter into Advent in the second week, the week of faith, let us go through with a faith like Simeon, waiting for the promise of the Lord, knowing it is to come. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and this chance to come together to worship you. We ask that you would be with us and watch over us as we gather here today through song and message. And God, be with our brothers and sisters around the world. Help us to share and focus on this season and this purpose. In your name we pray these things. Amen.
Amen. You may be seated. I like the last verse where it says, He rules the world. You know, with all the goings on and the way the media goes into it, you'd think that they won't rule the world, but they don't. And uh, don't let us ever forget that, no matter what comes in the future or anything. We know who rules the world, and he rules the nations. So praise the Lord this morning. Um, so we're going to change the theme back to our original time for a bit. And we're going to turn in the red book to page 198. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Praise his wonderful name this morning. We can trust him.
trust him and I've proved him o'er and o'er. And I have peace. I do. I have free peace. That the Lord's taking care of me. He's taking care of everything. And I hope that you have that wonderful peace today. That he's got your back. Praise his wonderful name. We're going to have a special at this time. <clears throat> she's, uh, I think she, she's not on the road yet going around singing, but she might in the future. You never know. Someday have her own bus traveling. <laughs> uh, Miss Naomi's coming up to sing in her little sidekick. Uh, I forget her name. Melanie's coming up here to help Red. And they're gonna, she's going to sing a Christmas song. Go tell it on the mountain.
I think Melody was trying to cut the boobs there while she was singing like they do on TV. She almost had it right, I think she had it pretty well down pat. Well, see, he likes the limelight. He, uh, <laughs> he's just had a taste of it and he likes the limelight. <laughs> So that brings us right into testimony time. You can tell it. If you can't tell it here, you can't tell it on the mountain. So anyone got a word today from the Lord, got a word to share with us. Roger. There he is. Of us always wants to think of on the negative things, 
And it's funny how when you change your mind, all of a sudden start thinking about your blessings, how much better you feel. It's, it's amazing to me. It's just a change of the change of the mind, change of the heart. Anyone else this morning? God has given me, and uh, it's there for us all, and he's in us, he's in us, so all we've got to do is pray and ask the Lord to, to give, that, give us that, and whatever we ask, he's more than willing to give it to us. I have a, a Christmas poem, and it's titled, Shine Christmas. Christmas shines forth his truth that God came, came down to man. Christmas shines forth his hope, redemption for all man. Christmas shines forth his peace, a peace that shines within. Christmas shines forth his love and forgiveness of sin. Christmas shines forth his light, and Jesus is the light. The light that leads the way, that gives the blinded sight, Shine, Christmas, shine so bright. Touch the broken and contrite. Shine, Christmas, shine the light. Shine on, shine on tonight. Shine on through the snowstorms. Well, rain, we'll say. <laughs> um, shine on and on through winds. Shine on through the battles. Shine on through through foe or friend. Shine, Christmas, shine on. A celebration day for Jesus Christ our Lord. A beautiful birthday. Shine, Christmas, shine so bright. Honor Christ, O holy night. Shine, Christmas, shine the light. Shine on, shine on tonight. Amen. And we have that blessed hope in the Lord, what would we do without without that hope? What would we do if He hadn't come and uh, took our place? Uh, we there wouldn't be no celebration. Uh, we wouldn't have this wonderful gift that He's given us that lives inside of us, and the world truly would be a dark place. We think it's dark now. It could get a lot darker without the light of the Lord shining in this world. And no matter how much we get down, 
As Christians, we have to remember that and hold on to that. No matter what the devil tries to throw at us, and he will. He'll try everything, and if he finds a button he can push, he will use it. Don't ever mistake that, think that he, oh, he wouldn't do that, because he will. Um, so I praise the Lord today for what he has done for us so much, so much. And we're going to have even more reward when this life on this earth is over. It's going to be wonderful. Amen. So we're going to sing another chorus right now, and we are. We're going to get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Let us stand together.
who wrote that? I don't know. Is this the music was by James Murray? I'm not sure. Source unknown. Oh, source unknown. Okay. These people that wrote these hymns, you know, they had to have a close relationship with the Lord to grasp the, the songs that they wrote. And you know what? I think I, I have a feeling in my bones <laughs> that the old hymns are going to start coming back. I have found on the uh, Christmas programs this year, I don't know whether it's because of COVID or what, but I noticed that they're playing a lot of uh, old Christmas hymns in the background. Whereas uh, years ago it seemed to be jingle bells or something. I don't know whether I'm just noticing that, but the next time you're listening or watching a, a movie or whatever, uh, take note of that. And if they are purposely doing that, that is just wonderful. Because that tells me that people are still clinging to the Lord. Somewhere in their minds, whether they're saved or not, and especially if they're our ages or whatever, they grew up in Sunday school and, and everything, they're, they're, they're clinging to that somehow. And uh, so just kind of pay attention if you want to. I, uh, I've been noticing uh, it anyway. Um, anyone else got a testimony? <coughs> I drink too much coffee and tea. It makes my throat dry. Well, I want to praise the Lord. It's been a rough okay. week for some of these men who have not even been out of the water yet. And for even the men that have been out of the water. It's not been good. God's been with them and he's mm -hmm. going to get us through it and it's all going to be good in the end. That's yeah. right. And now we have to look. You're going to have hard times and you're going to go through hard times. Amen. But God will get you through them. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to tell my husband. He gets discouraged and, you know, we can all get discouraged too, but you have to put it in God's hands. So yeah. Val says put it in God's hands, start living on God's plan. Yeah. Better do the best we can. That's all we can do. That's right. And so I praise him this morning for who he is, for what he does, for always being with us. When we don't understand, he does. Mm -hmm. It's all in his plan, not ours. So I, I just give him the praise he deserves this morning. We may be discouraged, we may be down, but I still love him. I know he still loves me and that he's going to take care of us, and I praise him. Amen. Amen. If God has a plan, he does. He has a plan for each one of us, our lives, and uh, we, we can't let things get the best of us. Uh, we have to live in our lives and uh, just keep trudging along. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Lord, you never know. I was thinking that coming down in the car today, and I was looking at it over the water and choppy and whatever it is. And uh, I, I was thinking, maybe the Lord is keeping someone from harm, you know, with this wind and this weather. And maybe it's a good thing that they ha haven't been allowed to go out because, I mean, we don't see the bigger picture. And I'm sure everybody would rather be here instead of be, you know, not here. So we have to... Just trust the Lord. If you're serving Him, you have to trust Him that He knows what's best. Anyone else? 
Roger. Martin Luther wrote that song. Martin, did he? Okay. Yeah, he uh, wrote it for his children. It's not the Martin Luther that we're thinking of, though. It's know. another one. Yeah. Martin Luther was a theologian yes. in the 15-1600s that uh, wrote the, the 99 Thesis or 95 Thesis and he nailed it to the church door. Yes. He's the one who started off the Reformation. Okay, yes. I, do, I know because I read about him and that. I think we heard angels singing just a minute ago. <laughs> I'm trying to get it to go live and it goes live and then it tells me no. <laughs> And it just stops and... Anyone else got a favorite uh, chorus or song you'd like sung this morning? Christmas, it doesn't have to be Christmas. Give you all a chance to, or a testimony before we close it and change it, change the order of the service. I like the one, fall on your knees, fall on your knees.
doing something, I don't know. But these, I, I, my voice, I don't sing high. I never did sing high, but now it's gone even deeper. So I don't know what's going to happen to it. But anyway, praise the Lord this morning. Um, we're going to sing another. Uh, yes, we're going to sing another worship song. And then we're going to have a prayer. And I think Val and Carla, you've both got a song. No, just Val. Just Val. Oh, okay. We should have been taking it easy on your voice then. <laughs> but we're going to sing Majesty. I love that song. We haven't sang that in a long time. And it says it all. Majesty. Worship His Majesty this morning. Holy name. 
We're going to go to prayer at this time. Anyone got any prayer? I'm going to say, and she'll probably skin me later, but I'm going to say Faye. Faye needs a little bit of prayer this morning. She's been having a little bit of health problem there. That's it. We don't. She's, she's not in danger or nothing like that, but uh, pray for Faye. Anyone else? Uh, I just I forgot to mention that uh, we did our recording last week, Sound of Men. So that'll be on Facebook sometime this week. Okay. I'm not sure of a day yet. Okay. All I gotta do is go on our site. Okay. And we'll get it unless he puts it right on the main the main one. I must say, I I I like the fact how people are going forward. You know, really we are going forward in the midst of all this. We've found ways to do things and keep going. Some things aren't quite the same. But who, who's ever watched uh, the, the Grinch of Stone Christmas? <laughs> and remember Whoville, where he tried to steal the tree and all the presents and everything? Oh, but who's down in Whoville, the tall and the small, like yeah. Christmas a lot? And he thought he would take, take their Christmas away by doing all that. But that didn't stop Christmas from coming, did it? Because it was in the heart. Not in the material things. And I thought that story spoke volumes. Uh, even though it was just a little cartoon. And they can't stop the church from going forward. We're going to go forward in the Lord. And uh, I, just, I just love it. Yeah, anyone got another prayer? Yes, on the way down we had a call that Mary Jane's mom was taken in the ambulance. That would be Judy Atkinson. She's sung here before. Um, on the belief that she's having a heart attack. Oh. So keep her in prayer. And also, uh, the men of District 34, because their boats are loaded, and it's been so rough all week that they're really having trouble keeping them at the wharf, like, yeah. because yeah. of the sea. Yeah. So, especially in Estonia, we just wrecked straight in there. Yeah. Alone this time of year, yes. All those who are on the streets. 
Yeah. You know, on the streets. Yeah. 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 What's that? Hope you the ones that can't come home this year. That's right. The ones that can't come home this year for Christmas. Yeah, I'm going to say, if Donna would ask Pastor Brad, pray over these needs today. Please bow your heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you now and now, there's so many things that we can we can bring to you in prayer. And it's amazing to think that no matter what we think of God, no matter what we are concerned with, be it joyfully, be it, it, it afraid, be it worried, be it nervous, be it hurt, whatever emotion we attach to it. You hear every single one of them and you do not turn away. You don't reject it. You don't scorn it. God, you hear us. And not only do you hear us, God, you act. It may not be always as we expect or, or, or we have we wanted, but God, you act. God, we pray right now for the fishermen and for District 34. We pray for calm waters. We pray for safety. God, we pray for a chance for them to get out upon the water. We know, God, that you... You took fishermen with you and you calmed the storm. You spoke and it was silent. We ask that you would speak now. And let the storm be silent. God, we pray right now for those who are dealing with illness. You know every single one of the names, God, that you have, have put on our hearts today. Every single one of them. Whether it's an illness that is physical, God. Whether it's an illness that's affecting our mind or it's an illness that's affecting our, our hearts like the loss of a loved one we're still dealing with the memory of one God away, God. You know all of these things and you are with us and you watch over us, God. Let your mercy and your blessings pour out upon us. God, we pray for those who don't have a home this year. God, we pray for those who can't make it home. There are so many that we hear in everything that's said via the media, that's said via everything, that we need to do whatever, but they can't make it home. They haven't been able to see loved ones in almost a year. God be with them. God, help us to be there for them, to be their stepping family. And God, we pray for the sick, for the shut-in, as we've said, we pray for the unspoken. And God, we pray for the community. We lift them up to you in your name, we pray. Amen.
And I got Charity to ask Tracy what would they like because I, we always like to give them something that they can use. And she shared with Charity that they would like to have the gift of money to take and buy some winter meat. And um, that's not saying that Brad didn't get a deer, but. <laughs> I have one meat for crossbow left. <laughs> so, but anyway, that's what they're going to do. COVID kind of caught them by surprise this spring, and uh, they want to make sure that they've got uh, food in the freezer come uh, this winter. So I thought that was a good idea. Uh, yesterday, uh, last night around, oh, I guess it was around 6 or so, um, we had a couple of calls come in that two of the boats were out on the sea, and they were in trouble and uh, both were in the family and one got towed in the other one um, you know it, it took a little bit longer for him to get in but um, anyway it, he did and you know it's always a storm going on and uh, Satan just loves to keep those storms going on in our lives but isn't it nice that especially at this time of year that we can come and just bow at the feet of Jesus and just say thank you. We can, we should be able to calm our spirits and say, Lord, this is your season. It's not ours. This is all about you. It's not even about us. It's not about buying gifts. It's not about, you know, getting all of those trimmings up or getting that turkey in the oven. It's, it's about you. And uh, I pray that this year it's about Jesus. And I just want to read you something before I sing. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep, and suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, because I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah of the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David, and you will find him wrapped in swaddling clothes, and lying in a manger, and this will be a sign unto you. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those whom God has pleased. You know, I always want to be a little mouse out there on the on that hillside when the glory of God shone around. Can you imagine when when God just you know, took the veil from their eyes and showed them what was going on in the spiritual world. Wow. Anyway, when the angels had returned to heaven and the shepherds and the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds went and told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said about this child. And later on, the wise men came, and they brought gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh laid at Jesus' feet. And, um, you know, just, that isn't enough just to calm your spirit and say, Lord, this is, this is your time. All right. And like Cora said, my voice has dropped so bad that track two, and so we're going to see how we make it. It's called Adore. We need to adore the Lord. Step down. 
I ended up live on Facebook, so, or not Facebook, YouTube, so who knows? You weren't cleaning your van gun. No, I was, I was cleaning the chimney. And the person asked, do you guys mind that if I put you on YouTube? I was like, I'm online every Sunday, so I don't recall. I'm good. But uh, it may be hard to believe for some of us, but we've made it to December. We've made it to December, and today is the 6th. You have 19 days until Christmas Day. 18 days until Christmas Eve. Let the panic commence. Just a door. No, it's always interesting to me to see how people react at Christmas. As I pointed out before, we wait until like the last minute, 90% of people, and then they panic that they're, you know, Christmas is right around the corner. What do I do? How do I get there? If only there was some sort of scheduling device that tells you how many days until a certain date arrives and you could put it on your wall or carry it in your pocket and make phone calls with. We tend to forget what time of year it is. We get caught up in everything else, don't we? But we're here now and some people are looking forward to the end of 2020, but you know, we've got to look at the good. This has been a year where people have gotten a chance to grow together, to come together and look at the importance of things like family. They've gotten to try to pick up new skills or learn things about family members that they never knew were likes or dislikes. But, you know, for me, December is an interesting month because some of you may not know this, Tracy loves Christmas. Did you know this? Tracy loves Christmas. She loves the decorating. She loves the cookies. So do I. But she loves the baking aspect, the decorating, she loves the gift giving, she loves spending time with the people, the songs, the caroling. She loves Christmas so much that she's getting the kids hooked on when the Duck Dynasty Christmas CD came out. We had to buy a second one because we, we, we burned that one out so much listening to it. And it's great. My wife gets really happy when we enter into the Advent season and near Christmas. But her love of Christmas also has a dark side. Some of you may not agree with this. Some of you may get offended. I'm, I apologize right now. Sappy, Hallmark-like romance Christmas movies. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Tracy loves them. To the point where she has to not watch a few. She has to watch them all. And not just the ones that came out this year. The ones that came out last year, and the year before, and the year before that, and so on, and so on, and so on. So almost every night, I get one night, of the, one night of the Christmas season where I get to watch Die Hard. That's it. Then it's every other night is a sappy Hallmark-style Christmas movie. Call the man cave. I don't have one. <laughs> we'll have to rig you up. My heart just... <laughs> just tell Tracy after her. <laughs> there you go. No, she loves it. Now, this year is an odd year because she said they've gotten even too cheesy for her. No joke. But she was, I still have to watch them to find out how bad they are. Now, I've noticed something watching this and going through this. 
every year with my wife, and, and I, out of love, I sit down while she watches these movies, and I sit with her. What? Yes. And inside, I scream. But I do it out of love for her. But I've noticed something. As the years go on, these movies have moved further and further away from Christmas. I'm not talking about the idea of the true meaning of the season as we read in the Bible the events of, uh, of the birth of Christ and leading up to the birth of Christ. Even the general commercialization of Christmas, they've moved away from. They don't have any, like Christmas has become literally a backdrop plot. And I'm pretty sure all of these movies are made at the same studio in the same week. Because I'm positive when you're watching them, there are actors from other ones who are in the exact same movie walking around in the background. <laughs> on the same set, it's supposed to be a different country, a different town, a different place, a different time, a different era. But it's the same thing. Same scenario, all of them, to the point where Jurassic World, if you actually sit down and look at it, fits into the hallmark idea of a romance. If you want to understand how, I will tell you after the service. <laughs> well, they go through this every year. And they move further and further away from Christmas, where it's basically been, we just need to fit it into the marketing. There's no good message to it. Half of them are terrible, they have a terrible message. Half of them, the acting is terrible. My wife is back there. She knows. I told her, I'm telling everybody about this. She goes, okay, just, just remember. <laughs> That's all. She left it at that. Now I'm nervous. <laughs> but they've made it as just fitting into marketing. Christmas has become just a passing word. And it's interesting, too, because if we look at our world around us, we've kind of changed what Christmas is, haven't we? What are we fitting Christmas into? Are we fitting it into something else? This year, if you actually go back and look, Barrington's Home Hardware started decorating for Christmas around October the 6th or October the 9th. That's almost 80 days before Christmas. Put that in perspective, you're almost a quarter of a year away from the date you're celebrating. And you're decorating for it. Try it all around. I don't want it. <laughs> you don't have one around here. We've made it that it's not about what it was. We're fitting it into the idea of the world. We even have people who go at Christmas, they go to church on Christmas Eve because, not because they believe in God or what the Bible says, but because they need to fit it in. We have people that have this concern, you've got to have the perfect carrot, the perfect dinner, the perfect house, the perfect dress and shoes, and I've seen all this in these movies <laughs> to fit in. It doesn't matter. What are we fitting into? What's the purpose of the season? That's why if you look at the screen, it says, fitting in, and yes, I did purposely leave the eye out and try to put it back in. Making room for what's important. This Advent, we're going to take a look at fitting in. What are we fitting into, and are we fitting in the things that are important and fitting into what is important ourselves? So if you have your Bibles with you, we are going to take a look at Luke, the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. That is the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. While, and while they were there, 
the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him in snugly, uh, wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. I'll read it again. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born, and she gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. It's a common passage, isn't it? When we hear every year Christmas. In fact, the very first year that I was here at the church, um, you guys told me of the Gaither night you do, and I walk in, and I think it might have been either you or your mom or Holly, Carol, I can't remember who said, you're going to be Joseph tonight. I was like, hey, what? What? <laughs> Tracy was Mary, I was Joseph. And we were brought up front, we went through the thing and talked about how they came to the town of Bethlehem, and on the night they got there, she gave birth. I mean, that's the common trope we see, isn't it? When we're looking at this story or we're hearing it, they're on the road for some time. They're traveling. They've been called to go for the great census, and they have to go to the town of Bethlehem to be registered. You have to register with the government. You have to find out so they can take a certain percentage of your money. Taxes are that old. And they go, and they get there. And he brings along his betrothed, who is greatly pregnant, and as soon as they get there, she gives birth. That very night, it seems, in every TV show and movie and, and adaptation of it, she gives birth. And he's going door to door while she's in the labor pains, and he's knocking on the door, and he's banging on the door, asking for a place to stay, and he comes to the inn, and the innkeeper goes, we don't have any rooms available. Go to the stable. And off they go, and that's where he's born. That's the, the image we get, isn't it? Not what the passage says, is it? I'm not attacking Christmas. I'm not tearing it apart or anything like that. I'm asking the question, an honest question, so we can look at it and go deeper. That's not entirely what it says. And we're not going to get into the idea of what is a manger. Manger can mean stable, it can mean feed trough, depending on how you look at the word and the context that it's used. And there's some debate among scholars of what it is. Was it an actual stable? Was it the courtyard of a house where they kept the animals? Was it the small entry room? where the manger would literally be stuck on the wall or raised on a small platform where the animals were kept inside to keep them away from predators and thieves. No. We look at this story and things are added and changed by us. First off, we had an innkeeper, but the passage makes no reference of there being an innkeeper, does there? He doesn't make an appearance. There's nobody there who's running an inn. And it says right there, while she was there, or while they were there, it came time for her to give birth. Many scholars and historians point to the idea that they were probably there a day, maybe two days. So it wasn't that night. There was something else that triggered. The word in doesn't even mean what we believe it to mean today. We've changed the meaning of the word. 
We do this a lot with biblical things too. We'll take a modern word or a word that has a modern equivalent or similarity. And we take the modern definition and we put it to the old word and we're like, ha, see, that's what it means. Like fear. We've covered this. We read fear in the Bible and we go, ha, fear. They mean to be afraid. No, they mean respect. We do it a lot with other areas. We look at the entire Christmas story and we have areas where we've changed things and we've added things. How many wise men are there? We don't know. There's three gifts mentioned. Val did this one last year when she asked the questions. She goes, how many wise men are there? And I said, we don't know. And she's like, wait, what? There's three gifts, so we attribute three gifts, one gift per man. But the idea of three men traveling from the east to the Middle East, they would have died. Not, not being rude, they would have been killed along the road and robbed. You travel in caravans for safety. You might have a caravan join you for a while and depart from you and another one join onto your caravan. But we don't have a number of wise men that are given. The wise men don't even show up the very night that Christ is born. By historical accounts, it's a year to maybe two years later. But we add it in. Why? For flow. To fit it into the story. You see it when they take a book and they turn that book into a movie or a TV show. I'm a huge fan of the books The Lord of the Rings. I love them. It drove me nuts when in the movie Aragorn gives the swords to the hobbits. Frodo, Mary, uh, Brandy, Buck, Peregrine, Tuke, and Samwise, Gamgee, and Hamfast get their swords at the Barrow Downs. Not by the ranger. But they put it in because it fits. It changes things. Oh, it doesn't change much. Only you change a part of the story because you cut out what happened. We do it with TV shows. We change a character because it would be more fitting to make them this way to be inclusive to the world today. Why? It's not knocking Christmas. It's an honest thing we see right here. And it's, it's the truth. Many translations talk about they were there for a while. They were maybe in the town a day, two days, who knows. And there's a whole cultural aspect to the idea of letting somebody come into your home that we don't generally talk about at Christmas. There is the notion of hospitality in that region of the world, even today, in some, some of the cultures that survive, and also in the cultures back then at the time. See, the word that we know as in today, and I have to look at this because I know I'm going to pronounce this word wrong because I've been trying for the last couple days to pronounce this word right, and I still struggle with it. Kataluma. Kataluma. It's a Greek word, and yes, it can mean in, but not in as a registered place like a hotel or a bed and breakfast we have today. Those would not be the place you would find Mary and Joseph because they would be a place of ill repute. They would be, in that time period, places where there was certain types of entertainment that you probably don't take a pregnant one. I'll leave it in that regard. The word in also means guest room. A spot set aside for travelers. See, if you go back to the Old Testament, it says, when you have foreigners traveling through your land, treat them with hospitality, give them a place to stay. They would actually make up a room in their home for them to stay. 
So you might come by and be like, hey, I'm traveling through the area. No, you can, there's a bed over here for you. We'll have food for you in the morning. There you go. Just, just stay. You are on, you've entered into our home, into my home. You are under my care, my protection. It was a cultural thing, and you still see it in places today. If you find somebody going to these areas, they'll take you in in certain spots. Other areas, please don't try it. It's not safe. Not a knock on the culture. It's just the way the world's become. You might say, well, pastor, they were turned away. Yeah, they probably could have been turned away. It doesn't go against the idea of the hospitality, though. Think about this. Somebody comes to your door at a time when there is an influx of people to the area and she is heavily pregnant and you do not have the space to accommodate somebody in, the, in her particular position. You're unfortunately going to have to turn her away, aren't you? They may not have been able to handle Mary in the way she was. Not a slight on her, but if you want to look at the cultural aspect too, she is Joseph's betrothed, not fiancé, betrothed. They are married. And how can I prove this? Go back and read it. It says he looks to, to divorce her quietly. You can't divorce somebody you're not married to. Doesn't work that way. But she is pregnant, and he married her while she was pregnant. This would be known to people in the area. Word would travel. Gossip spreads. We know that in our world today. That would make them look down on her and not want her in because it would bring shame on the home. It would bring shame on the name of the line of King David. See, people would want to bring Joseph into the home because he's of the ancestral line of King David. He's in the town of Bethlehem, King David's town. But at the same time, there is a lot to express why there might not be room. And it doesn't matter where Jesus was born. It's that act, and I've kind of distracted you from the point with facts. There was no room or place for Jesus to be born. I'll put it this way. There was no place or room for Jesus to come into the world. Think about that. Does that sound like our world today? How many times have you heard people say, I don't have a need for God. I don't need that religion stuff. I don't need that fairy tale. I don't need this in my life. I can get along just fine without it. I don't need it. Okay. But you love the ideas of what's said in the Bible, don't you? I'm an anime fan. I love the, the Japanese animation and that. When we had the missionaries that came that are going to uh, J Japan, I talked to them about it. I love that stuff. And there is a, an anime called Overlord, and it has a lot to do with undead characters. The main guy even says, flat out, no greater love has man than to lay down his life for his brothers. Was that the Gospel of Mark or of Luke? You don't always find God in the place you expect. People love that line in the anime. Because, like, yeah, it's a great idea to lay down your life for people that you care about. Most of them don't know what's in the Bible. See, when you look at this, and we often miss that little section, there was no room or place for Jesus to be born into the world. There was no room or place for him to enter into the world. How closed off were the hearts of men 
that there was no place for Jesus to enter into the world. The one who would be the savior of all mankind, the one that was promised, the one that we heard today when I was up there lighting the candles, that the servant of the Lord God, Simeon, lifted him high above and said, Lord, now I can die for your promise has been fulfilled. I have seen your salvation firsthand. But we read this story and we miss that part where and there was no space for them. Not making room for Jesus, are we? Are we fitting Jesus into our lives today? We look at Christmas around us and everything that's gone on. Are we fitting Jesus into our lives today, truly? Has he become the center and the focus? A lot of times we want to say yes, but I can think of moments in my own life where it hasn't been the focus. Doesn't make me a terrible person. I know some people might hear this and go, ah, the pastor did not focus on Jesus. He's not a good man. Congratulations. You've just made an assumption about me. You've shown that you're not a great person. We're even. 